Hey everybody, Coach here. Thanks for the week off. I really do appreciate it. I was involved in uh, property shopping last week up in the northern parts of our country. And uh, yep, I, I took a few extra days off and focused on that. But on task here this week, I'm sure glad to be back. I'm glad to have you for a few minutes paying attention. I really do uh, like that. I know that the podcast is reaching more and more people all the time. Hey, this week, this week, let's start off with saying this. There are those folks, and maybe I'm talking to one of them, but there are those folks who cannot tell a pansy from a petunia. Those folks likely will not try and improve their surroundings or spend the money because of the failure tag hung around their neck based on the lack of knowledge and skills. I do get that. This week, I speak to horticultural confidence and a way to bolster it with very little expense. <laughs> Let's get started, shall we? I'm glad you're here. Hey friends, Maestro here. Just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. All right, despite some of the impatient people around the globe, and I still appreciate them tuning in, a short story first. You know, when I was 19 years old and brand new to the nursery and horticultural world, except knowing how to mow a lawn and trim a hedge, I remember being at the nursery one of the first couple of days, and this was brand new to me, this whole nursery thing. I remember walking uh, what we called a tree line at the time, where you had plant trees and shift them up to a bigger container. You put them on a tree line, stake them to a, a wire and put some sprinkler nozzles in them. And that's called the tree line. And I remember seeing this beautiful, beautiful succulent-like ground cover spilling over the wooden raised wall of this tree line. And I, oh man, I was fascinated by it. I really was. I looked at that and going, oh my gosh, that would look great in baskets or or a ground cover or something. And I was, I was really kind of enamored by it. And when I was ooing and aahing over this plant that I had discovered, a fellow worker from the growing grounds up the hill walks by and tells me that it is a yerbas, yerbas solamente. And I went, huh? He goes, weed, nothing but a weed. And he took it and jerked it out of the ground, threw it in a, in a garbage can and kept on going down the tree line with his little golf cart, cleaning up the tree line. Yeah, the ground cover that I thought was so beautiful was purslane. Now we all know, or some of us know, that it's a very useful plant, especially when it comes to edibles. But at the time, I thought it was one of the ground covers that went astray, and I was kind of in love with the thing. Turns out, I didn't know nothing from nothing. So much for my horticultural prowess at age 19. I realized then and there, oh boy, Matt, do you have a lot to learn. You really do. Hey, you know something? Many homeowners, tenants, apartment occupants have that same ground zero knowledge and confidence that I had when I was 19. Horticulture is not, nor never has been in their sights, so to speak. And it may never be. Although there are those that say, yeah, I don't know nothing from nothing and I'd like to learn. I just don't know where to start. I don't know what to get. I don't, you know, that kind of stuff. But some of those folks do want to learn. They want to expand and beautify their surroundings. They just lack the confidence that holds them back quite a bit. Plus, spending money only to watch things die or just sit there and not perform. You know, something I, I understand. I understand. I really do get it because at one point in my life, 
I was that guy as well. At the nursery where I started out, they had a, uh, what they call a training program. And it was a rotational training program where noobs like myself rotated from one area or section of the nursery to another. And you were kind of under the the auspices and, and mentorship of this section manager that was there. And for me, it was all about bedding plants. That's where I started. This area encompassed ground covers and annuals. The focus of our topic this week, annuals. I was a bit overwhelmed by my section manager, 19 years old. Not overwhelmed in the form of fearful or anything like that. Her name was Lita. And Lita was a very, very hard worker and took her job responsibility very seriously. But much to my dismay, she was not a teacher and certainly not a babysitter. But what she did do for me was she introduced me to annuals. Thousands and thousands of flats of annuals over the course of the next few months. Man, I have never seen so many plants in all my days. And this was just one little section of one nursery of a company that had six locations. And I started to think about it. I said, oh my God, how many plants this place must go through. And I started to learn right away that annuals, annuals are those wonderful, wonderful plants that generally last about a year and they go to seed most of the time. Sometimes they die off because of oncoming winters or whatever, and that's the end of their season, hence the word annual. Now, I do know for you critics out there that some annuals sow and come back the following year. I get that, but for the sake of the noobs listening, annuals are a one-season plant. You know, and at the time, and even now, they are relatively inexpensive in the smaller sizes, and you can even get many varieties in seed packets as well. However, Let's not talk about germinating seed and all that kind of stuff right now, okay? So, introducing myself to annuals over and over again for eight hours a day, it was where I kind of got off my ex in the plant world. I just didn't stand in one place no more. I got off the ex and I moved to a very rapid educational process in the plant world. I began absorbing, learning, and experimenting buying, planting, and finding plant success using annuals. I learned about the best potting soils, the best fertilizers, and the most prolific annuals that you can succeed with. There are some that are kind of finicky at first. They take a long time to establish. And there's others that are, bam, right out of the gate, you start seeing success within days not weeks or months like some shrubs and perennials and even some stubborn annuals. This is where noobs can really gain that horticultural confidence that they're lacking and don't allow themselves to take the next step, so to speak. Whether planting in the ground or in containers, annuals can be mixed with various colors, various species, uprights versus trailing, sun lovers, shade lovers, etc. So for me at the time, I was an apartment dweller, but I had a nice fenced-in patio area off my living area. I picked up pots, some that were cracked, some that were being thrown away, plastic, clay, every, I just took whatever they would give me. And I started buying some potting soils. And I started with some of the throwaway plants to start with, and I would revive them, 
with a little bit of nips and tucks here with the pruning shears, a little bit of food, but mostly planting them. That, those overgrown annuals that hang around the nursery for you know, a couple, three weeks or more, and they don't get bought up, they start to grow. They start to overgrow. Then they get root bound. And eventually, they go in the dumpster or the recycle pile. So what I found was if you take those things, nipped them and tucked them, put them in a larger pot, gave them some food and some fresh soil, lo and behold, in a matter of a week or so, you saw a, a revision of those plants in a hurry. And it really brought a smile to my face. And in a matter of a month or so, all of a sudden, I had color. I had color. I really did. That's what they needed. Only the new and best stayed on the table for sale at the nursery. And man, during the right times of year, those things flew off the shelf. And I'm not talking about a person coming in and buying a six-pack of pansies. No, I'm talking about they would come in and buy a flat of pansies, a flat of violas, a flat of impatience. I don't know if a lot of people do that anymore. I really don't. And it's kind of sad. But occasionally, there were those cell packs or that four-inch stock that overgrew and had better days. And those were my focus and my beginnings of horticultural success. Yeah, the throwaways, literally. So let's talk about annuals just a little bit. So how does somebody who knows nothing of plants get a foot in the door? Well, I always suggest more than anything is get off your butt, get off the couch, get in the car, and go to a local mom and pop nursery. I would make the visit at the time of year that is a peak growing season where you live. For some, that might be in March. You know, that might be the kickoff to the spring rush. Uh, I remember in Northern California, even mid-February started kicking things off pretty hard. For some, that be, might be March, even mid-February. For others, it might be April. And for some, like where Maestro and I are right now, hell, it was late May and June before the actual growing season got underway. Most, I'll tell you a, a little secret that a lot of people don't know. Some do, but not the noobs. Most, if not all, annuals have a plant tag stuck in the cell pack, stuck in the four inch pot, stuck in the gallon can, whatever it is. It has a plant tag, usually a colored one, and it'll tell you the type. And that little piece of plastic is a wealth of information in a very, very small space. Pull it, read it, absorb and direct yourself to flowers and things that you're kind of attracted to, that you kind of want to immerse yourself in and around a little bit. If it's petunias, you know, do you want the, the clumping petunia or you want a big trailing petunia? You know, if you want vinca, you know, they're generally kind of along the cool colors, but there are some whites and some reds and stuff. And you kind of learn which ones you want to play with. Just remember, staying with the thought when you're shopping of where in your yard, your apartment or whatever, where are you planning on wanting to beautify a little bit? Is this going to be sun until 11 o'clock in the morning and then shade the rest of the day? Is it going to be exactly the opposite? It's shade in the morning and a hotter sun during the afternoon and early evenings. You kind of have to know where you're going to put it. And look at the tag. What does it say? Full sun, six hours or more of sunlight each day. You know, or it's a shade lover and it wants something like a couple hours of sun and then shade the rest of the day. I'll tell you one thing. This week, I have seen and learned 
about summers in the extremer north latitudes of my country. Right now, traveling around northern Maine, of all places, and the growing season really doesn't get underway until June. It really doesn't. And to see impatience and trailing uh, supertunias and those kinds of things mingled together to kind of counteract all the monochromatic green that is everywhere up here. There is no summer die-off of grasses and stuff. Hell no. There is green from one end of this country, this part of the country, to another, and everything in between. And annuals, because of the shorter growing season up here, probably mm, 90 to maybe 120 days, but I don't think so. I would say about 90 days total. People turn to fast-growing annuals to beautify. And there's other, you know, there's obviously other things that some people use, some perennials and that type of stuff. But short, short seasons, short seasons. So when I have traveled about up here, I see impatience and petunias growing in the full sun together. So, so much for that sunshade thing, depending on where you're at. Now, further south you go, further west you go. Then we get into a real division of sun versus shade, especially the shade lovers. You know, you, they can take a couple hours in the morning and then shade the rest of the day. Yeah. Now, here, here's another thought when it comes to annuals is keep in mind, like I spoke about, where you want to plant or place it. Try containers first, even though they add a little more cost to the project. Ground plantings are cheaper but they require a little more sweat equity in amending the soils up, weeding the place out a little bit, and uh, making sure that the, the bed that you're putting these plants in is really ready to receive bedding plants or annuals. They, they don't do really well if you just dig a hole in Mother Nature's ground and just plunk them in there and bury them. Not unless you have some super sweet, soft, sandy loam soil, something like that. I, even then, I would want to put in some type of planting amendment. I really would, along with some organic fertilizers and stuff. But containers, you know, just say, for instance, you get a 12-inch a pot and a couple of 8-inch pots, just a little triangle, and you buy yourself a bag of good quality planting or potting mix, not planting mix, potting mix, and you, you've got uh, a flat of annuals that you're going to put in, chances are you're going to be a lot more successful starting off with that than trying to plop them in the ground. I really think so. Plus, you're not exposing them necessarily to uh, slugs, snails, earwigs, and other things that might come along and just munch them to the ground overnight for you. So for me, you know, back to 19-year-old me, I was able to either pull stuff out of the dumpster and take it home and buy a a small thing of potting mix and six plants for 99 cents back in the late 1970s and use that. But I'll tell you what, going from noob that first spring to the end of my first summer in the nursery industry was absolutely a game changer in my life. It really was. What I learned in that first six months and what I did to my little apartment patio was nothing short of an absolute transformation. I mean, I had a, 
a six foot fence and probably a eight by 14 foot exposed aggregate patio with just a little 12 inch strip of dirt around the fence area. Man, that thing was bursting with all kinds of foliage and flower. It was, it was just, it, I was very, very proud of it at age 19. I really was. I had pots and window box type of containers on top of the fence cap rail. I had hangers and hanging baskets coming off the posts. I had corners stuffed and filled with five gallon pots and one gallon pots and everything was just, just blooming all over the place. There was no doubt that I had found a uh, cathartic niche and I got paid for doing it no less. And it was all because of annuals. It really was. There wasn't a perennial in the bunch. I can remember, uh, now we're, we're getting on several years, several decades ago, but I can remember some of them were uh, trailing petunias, lobelia, fuchsias hanging off of the fence, um, impatiens, uh, begonias, some of the real simple, the simpletons of the annual world. And there was a lot of color. And what I found was the more I paid attention to them, the better it got. Can you, can you find anything else in our day and age where the more you put into it, you're guaranteed a positive result? We'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. So in summary, this might be an avenue for you, a way to get off the X and get an acquired skill and some personal growth and the ability to beautify an area of your home and your life in a relatively easy way. Everybody has some space somewhere where they live. It may be small for some. It may be large for others. It may be so large that it's overwhelming and you wouldn't know where to start. Well, start at your front door, your front entry area, in a container and, and plant a little something that will work there and just coax it along, nurse it along, enjoy it as it grows, learn some horticultural patience, which plants will teach you or you'll kill it. Start small, think small, and then grow with your successes. Also, don't be disappointed if something dies. It doesn't mean the world has come to an end or that you're a complete and utter horticultural failure. Sometimes through natural selection, some things just die. Not everything will flourish for you. Experiment. And more than anything, ask questions. Ask questions when you buy something. What I found is that uh, even though I was an employee at the nursery, I asked lots of questions. Man, Lita. <laughs> Bless her heart. As much as she probably wanted just to punch me in the face sometimes, I asked a lot of questions. And how do you plant? What do you feed? What's the best potting mixes? Clay versus plastic containers. You know, on and on and on. And I, I mean, I was probably purple smoke coming out her ears at the end of each day. But <laughs> that's what she was there to do is teach me. You know, for you, in this day and age, I still suggest you go walk the nursery on a Saturday morning with a cup of joe and a loved one and just look at the tags, smell the smells, look at the colors, and make a selection. Then you can also, if you don't want to buy right that very second, buy a book, watch some YouTube, and watch a whole new wonderful world 
that is annuals unfold and watch over the course of the season watch over the course of the season the things that really take hold really fast and they really start to give you some reward and look at some that tend to be a little more protracted like annual vinca for example annual vinca is a fantastic mid to late summer bloomer but it will sit there like a dog for the first 30 days and it's potter in the ground it will just sit because it takes a while for its root system to develop and then the heat of the summer true summer not a real cool summer but a true 80s plus type then all of a sudden you'll see it take off and a lot of times people get frustrated with it because it just sits there it doesn't do anything it doesn't you got to be patient and allow that vinca to come into its own after the 4th of July or even later in northern california where I used to practice that stuff looked best at the end of August and into September. It really, really came into its own then. But for other annuals like Lobelia or even Alyssum, something like that, by August, well, if you haven't ripped it out and put fresh stuff in by then, because it's over and done with in eight weeks, it's, it grows that fast and rewards you that fast, but it also disappears that fast. So you kind of have to learn, you know, what's a good reward in the first part of the growing season versus the middle versus the end. But as I mentioned just a minute ago, name other things in life in this crazy freaking world, in this crazy day and age, where the more you put into something, the more you'll get out of it. You certainly don't get that, not always from people, not always from careers, and not always from family but i'll tell you what if you do that with uh, annuals you know you dote on them you nurse on them a little bit in the beginning you plant them correctly you water them correctly and you feed them probably once a month watch what happens 10x return on the initial investment of time and money put into those things to see what you get back they can brighten moods, they can lower stresses, they can improve self-confidence and make your surroundings prettier and more cheerful just to live around. <laughs> to me, it's like a win-win. What a great horticultural launching pad. It really is. Now, to this point so far, this all sounds very rah-rah, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It sure does. But so many folks try and fail and then just throw their hands up and say, see, it, it just doesn't work for me. It, it, I, don't, I have a brown thumb. I don't have a green thumb. This is stupid. What a waste of money. What a waste of time. But in my professional experience as a nurseryman and as a landscape designer and contractor, what I used to see is it's always, it can kind of be pointed to operator error. The learning curve that people just gave up on. They got a wild hair one day when they forgot to turn the channel off of HGTV and they saw some Pinterest version of a beautiful front yard full and bursting with color and they said, I want to do that. And they grab their keys and head out the door and they go spend a hundred bucks on pots and potting soil and a few colors. They come back and plant it all up and it looks kind of okay to start with, but there's no flowers on it. And then the next weekend, Oh, it was golf with my buddies and I forgot to water when it was 95 degrees and it died. 
and you just throw your hands up and go, see, see, it, nothing grows for me. Well, you know, you gotta pay attention to it. You gotta pay, you wouldn't do it with a new puppy. You wouldn't do it with a new child, I hope. Well, you know, having brand new little annuals in a pot sitting out in the sun out there, you're gonna have to pay attention to it. You really are. You forget to feed and it doesn't bloom as much as it did in Pinterest. Well, freaking feed it. It takes less than 60 seconds. Mix up a little miracle Grow and pour it on there every couple weeks or once a month, depending on how big a pot you have. Plain and simple. It's just a little bit of effort. That's all it is. It's a little bit of training, a little bit of self-discipline. So you go to the nursery on Saturday morning. You've listened to coach and you've, you've said, you know something, I'd really like to have a little something out there because my patio sucks. It really does. It's boring. There's nothing to look at. So you go down there and you start pulling tags and you're looking at stuff. Oh, by the way, don't forget to put the tags back in. Just don't take them. Put them back in the plant. So if you don't buy that plant, the person who does at least has the care tag and identification tag. One of the things that I always suggest is although you can go to the box stores, there's no, I'm not saying you can't, and I'm not saying that every box store nursery um, doesn't have some educated people in some of the stores. I'm not speaking down to those hardworking people that work those, those retail outlets. However, they're generally not horticulturists. They're generally not trained and educated nursery people. Go to the local places if you have it and ask questions. Hey, I'm trying to doll up my front, my front entry area. I want to do it in container annuals. It gets sun from dawn until about noon, maybe one o'clock, and then the house starts to shade it out. Can you show me some suggestions that might really work? That's what these people live for. You know, they, they really do. And if they don't, if they don't say, absolutely, hey, let's go over here. Let me show you some selections. If you don't hear that out of their face, walk away. Don't spend your money there. Go find another nursery that will. You know, for me, Navalet's Nursery, it was all about customer service. It's all it was. It, now, granted, I know it was a different era. You know, it was the, 19, the late 1970s and the early 80s. Different freaking world it really was. And I never thought I'd say that. It shows how old I'm really getting. But we looked forward to expounding on our knowledge of what we sold and how they can best be successful. Because there's nothing better than a customer who is successful, they will always come back. And by the end of a couple, three or four seasons, I had people that would ask for you. And that's when you know you've made an impression. So find a nursery professional, get on a first name basis with them, and you will find a wealth of information that'll be uh, disposed to you just by, by the stuff there. Ask about the planting technique. I'll tell you what, you, you get a six pack of pansies, you plant them too deep, they're gonna have crown rot in less than two to three weeks and they're done. You have to plant them so it looks like you didn't know what the hell you were doing and allow them to settle in the pot naturally and settle slightly above the soil line. Just a little tip that I've learned over the years, pansies don't like to, they're not a freaking tomato. You don't plant them extra deep. They don't work that way. Ask about the watering. 
ask about feeding. What's the best thing? Should I be, you know, a dry granular or should I do liquid feeding? Am I in the ground or am I in containers? So you can learn in just a 10 minute conversation in the bedding area of a local mom and pop nursery, you can get a semester's worth of education in 10 minutes. Ask them about, hey, what are the signs of not being successful? What, is it, what does it look like if uh, my petunia is going to die, like yellowing, etc., because I watered it, you know, three times a day, or I plugged up the drain hole in the pot and it just flooded and drowned? All kinds of little things, but a great launching pad. You know, you just don't want to go into that shallow end of the horticultural pool without just a skosh of information. Knowledge is power, which you get if you open your pie hole and actually ask. As time passes in the growing season, whether you have a very long or even year-round growing season, lucky bastards, or just a few months, tend to these plants like their lives depend on it. Because they do. They don't have arms and legs. They can't pull the hose off the wall. They can't fill up the watering can and water themselves. They can't go to the garage and pull the fertilizer, mix it up, and put it on themselves. They are 100% relying on you. Now, for some of the ground plantings, yeah, maybe if you have ample rainfall most of the growing season, you will be moist enough without any problem. But you should check. Sometimes a little half inch of rain after a month worth of dry ain't going to get it done. It's not going to soak in enough. So you have to check. Check all containers with the, the second knuckle test. If you find a lot of moisture still within that, your middle knuckle, chances are you don't need to water. So inspect them. Dote on them occasionally. They will repay you in spades, no doubt. Now, if you're ground planting, uh, I would strongly urge you to weed before you plant, amend your soil bed, plant according to uh, directions or advice, and then keep up on the weeds by pulling them as the season progresses. All the weeds that come up are robbing nutrients from the plants that you spent hard-earned money on and you're trying to get to go. So get rid of them. Keep a weed-free environment for your annual beds. I strongly suggest it. Now, let's talk about uh, some varieties to consider when you go shopping. Some of the ones that you will see. And I'm going to speak directly to uh, the peak seasons of the nursery industry. The mid to late February, March through July-ish. Depending on locale. By the time late July and August comes around, some of the nurseries way up north, yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be pulling back. They're going to be pulling on the reins of that uh, growing season and buying and spending money on annuals because they should have been in the ground already, and they're they're already turning the corner and looking for uh, bald and burlap season, or in some cases even closing up the doors by the end of September because there are not too many people thinking about landscaping and beautifying way up in the above the 45th parallel now for a lot of you socal arizona texas the gulf states florida and other latitudes like that around the globe you know they're they're, they're still cranking away sun loving annuals are the following 
and you, you'll see them out there. But just look for tags that say petunias, lobelia, pansy, viola, calendula, zinnias, dahlias, marigolds, calabracoa, or million dollar bells. That's, a, that's one of my favorites. Cosmos. Just remember that they do go to seed, and you will have cosmos occasionally for the next several years as long as you let them go to seed. Uh, annual vinca, do not confuse it with the ground cover. Annual vinca, snapdragons, ones that are really coming on very popular are the common sunflower. Uh, some of the ones that only get like four to five feet tall, and they get a beautiful, beautiful sunflower head on them. And ones that came up just as I was leaving the nursery industry many years ago, and that's sun patience. Sun impatience. And they're, a, they're an impatient that is a much different critter than the bedding impatient and can tolerate a little more sun, believe it or not. Up here, up here in the way north, yeah, those things are right out in full sun, dawn to dusk, not affected at all. As a matter of fact, probably benefiting because it's out in full sun because there's cooler temperatures, uh, oftentimes a lot more rain and cloudy days, so they want as much light as possible. Now for you shade, shade annual lovers, remember the, the bedding impatience. Those are probably the most popular shade-loving annual. Then there's coleus, begonias, fuchsia, caladiums, oftentimes grown from a bulb, but boy, do those look slick. They can brighten up a dark area of the, the landscape or a container really nice. And polka dot plant which is a, an old standby. And this is just to name a few. There's, there's other ones, uh, but sometimes you start to blur the lines between annuals and biannuals or perennials. So I'm just talking about just the caladiums will even come back year after year. But as far as shade-loving annuals, uh, there's not a huge list. A lot more sun lovers than there are shade lovers. Remember, in some places and in some zones, that sun and shade lines, the sun and shade rules kind of blur a bit, like I just talked about. The further north you get, yep, shade will go in sun much easier, but not the other way around. You're not going to be able to put sun lovers into the shade. That does not work very well. Now, you can, in the hotter parts, regions of our country, our globe, you can do the sun to shade on a percentage basis, a little more. Here's a classic example. Zinnias. Zinnias can be a little finicky, but very rewarding. And if you're down in uh, Arizona or South Texas or Florida, believe it or not, they would actually love just a little bit of a sun break come late afternoon. They will actually thank you for it because the intensity can often burn foliage, can actually burn the flower itself. They'll, they'll bloom, but as soon as they kind of reach maturity, they, they'll just get singed. That's where it's nice, where you can kind of, ah, maybe a little bit of a little bit of a sun respite for the later afternoons will be very, very welcome. But let's look at it from the perspective of success. If you've been thinking about it, you need to do something the yard or patio isn't going to fix up itself. And if your yard or patio is boring as all get out, you are a current zero when it comes to plants. Try annuals. They really can bolster that confidence. They are a great and positive gateway plant that can work for you.
And to wrap this up, and just to beat the smart asses in the comments section, either on the YouTube channel or here on the podcast, or for those of you who are thinking it already, no, I do not think cannabis is a great annual to grow, despite supposed dividends and side effects. I'm sorry, I just don't believe in that. Anyway, there you go. Annuals, a great way to bolster your horticultural confidence and prowess. Try them. If you're in a, in a zone mm, eight and higher, even though it's August, you can get out there and get some. You can, you can get some annuals, put them in some containers. They'll grow all the way to Thanksgiving. And next spring, you can kick them off even bigger. You really can. That's what I got for you guys this week. You didn't think there was so much to know about annuals, did you? I will catch you next Friday. Thank you for the week off. We may have a very big surprise coming up for you guys, something that you might want to sink your teeth into just a little bit, because I know Maestro and I are going to, if things go our way. I will reveal that if it comes about. See you guys next Friday. I appreciate it, and as always, to your landscape success. Don't forget about our website, youryardcoach.com. Thank you very much in the past week for book purchases, checklist purchases, etc. It's very, very, very appreciated. See you next Friday, guys. Bye for now. Hey, friends. Maestro here. Just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. Again, thanks for listening to this week's show, and we'll see you right here next week.